Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right. Good morning, everybody. It's going to be another warm one. Boy, we have had some warm weather, and it is affecting our outdoor activity, fishing, uh, getting ready for hunting, uh, working dogs. All those things are being affected. We are going to talk about a lot of that today. We're going to talk a lot of fishing, but we'll touch on a few other things, too. You know, we've got uh, this heat is really affecting some of the trout fishing, especially. And we will cover that a lot today and some of your alternatives. But I want to start the show by saying thank you for everybody who showed up last week or who commented online or on the text for our 25-year celebration of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on the radio. Uh, it was really rewarding, and it made it warms our heart, the, the feelings you shared about the show and how it's impacted your outdoor activities. So uh, thank you all for that, and hopefully we'll be around for a few more years. I don't think another 25, but maybe, maybe for a while anyway. little housekeeping. We will be... Uh, the next two weeks, we will be on ESPN, and then we're going to be dotted off and on on ESPN for a couple months because of football season. So what happens if you're a regular listener or if you're new to the show, our regular time slot is 9 to 11 on the fan, and that's where we most will show up. But when uh, there's a special sporting event, or I think next week they're having a Broncos training camp special, then we bump over to 1600 ESPN. You can hear us there. You can follow us online there really easy. Just go to the fan app, and there's a listen to ESPN button. Click that. But we also move from 10 to noon when we do that. So we got to make sure that, uh, you know, follow us and stay up. Follow us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. And we will uh, we'll keep you we'll we'll keep you updated on where we're airing since we're going to jump around quite a bit in the next couple months. Then after that, we settle back into our nine to eleven slot. Uh, we're we're waiting for a call from uh, Darren Christensen from Kirk's Fly Shop to join us, and uh, we're going to talk some fly fishing with them. And we'll, uh, they're just handing me a note. He's having issues with a customer, so he'll join us as quickly as he can, I guess. I talked to Darren a little bit during the week. Uh, we talked about the flooding and the Big Thompson. And he said the, the Big Thompson itself was fishing actually pretty well. And you know, we got some video last week when those people died in the flood last Friday, a week ago Friday, uh, of some really black, muddy, sooty water coming down the Big Thompson with lots of debris. So we were really concerned about the fishing conditions on the Big Thompson. In a little pre-chat I had with Darren up at Kirk's, he said that the Big T itself seems to be fishing pretty well. And then he was going to do some more checking. He had actually guided on it a couple times during the last week since then, and it, the fish seemed okay. The water seemed to be clearing up. But the north fork of the Big Thompson the North Fork of the Big Thompson River uh, was pretty much washed out, he said. It, he hadn't had a chance to really evaluate it. But when that flood came and those uh, homes got, a home got washed away, a couple got damaged, 
and then that camper washed away, unfortunately, with those people inside who perished. That river really took a beating. So probably the North Fork of the Big Thompson is going to be unfishable for a while, or at least not very uh, very likely to produce good fishing conditions or success. You know, during this time of the year, if you, we're also going to talk later in the uh, later in the show about some of the river closures. You know, the Eagle, the Colorado, some of those rivers have been have voluntary fishing closures, especially in the afternoons, and because the water temperatures are getting so warm over there, and uh, it, it really puts strain. You know, if the water gets above about sixty degrees, really it starts straining trout. And it, you can catch them, and, and they're, they're catchable, but they're hard to release. It strains them a lot. I believe we have Darren joining us now. Good morning, Darren. Good morning, Terry. Sorry for the delay there. All right. Well, we got you now. I was kind of talking to people before you came on. I said, you and I had talked a little bit during the week, and your kind of feeling was the North Fork. Well, I'm starting out with the flood here, just so you yeah. know that the North Fork of the Big Thompson probably would be, if not unfishable, probably not very conducive to good fishing, but that the main uh, trunk of the Big Thompson was fishing pretty well. Is that still what your feeling is? Yeah, and so the, and it's really everything on the North Fork below Glenhaven. If you go up, you know, if people know the North, North Fork, if you're going up in above the Dunraven Trailhead and stuff, it's actually fine up there. I fished it on Wednesday, and we did fine. But the lower part has definitely got a lot of silt and whatnot in it, and it's going to probably need a little bit of time to recover. Um, but the main um, Big Thompson below Drake um, has cleared up and is fishing just fine now. That's good. And, you know, the, we've I was talking a little bit just before you joined us about some of the voluntary river closures in other parts of the state. But being a tailwater, the Big Thompson usually doesn't suffer from that. Is that right? That's true. Yeah. And it, you know, if it does get to get a, be a little bit warm towards Loveland, um, there's actually another, like the water treatment plant for the city of Loveland is down there near Sylvandale. And so it goes through and they kick out cold water again. So um, it has lots of opportunities to get the water cooler. So that's why there's trout almost all the way out to the interstate on the Big Thompson. Yeah, and it's such a great fishery. And not only, of course, you have guided trips, and we'll get to where you guide, and um, and you have access to some areas that most people wouldn't. But that being said, the Big Thompson River has a ton of public access, doesn't it? Oh, it does. It's I would say 70% of it is public between the dam and, you know, the town of, well, let's say the dam store at the bottom. So you got like 24 miles of river there, and the majority of it's public. You know, either national no. forest or just you know roadside access or the Larimer County property. So if you were going to fish the Big T over there, now we're going to supposed to get a little cooler in rain tomorrow, but then it's kind of stays in the 90s. But then next middle of next week it gets down in the 80s. But next few days, if you're going to fish the Big Thompson, any particular presentations or anything going on in particular? You know, it's it's hopper dropper season. So, you know, ant patterns are good, you know, chubby Chernobyls, that kind of thing. And then just dropping, you know, sow bugs, caddis, larva, um, 
you name it below it and that's that's the kind of stuff that they're taking right now in the canyon well you know i love hopper dropper season because i don't have to make a delicate cast because hoppers kind of fall with a splash anyway exactly on the, and, on the water and then i can see that big that big hopper with my old eyes so i i'm, I'm kind of to me hopper dropper season is almost year round <laughs> yeah no it, it's definitely helpful um the um we also have big ants around here, whether it's up in the park or even down in the canyon, big old flying ants. And they do the same thing. They, you know, especially on windy days, they get blown out of the trees and plunk into the water and fish know to look for them. They love them. Speaking of the park, how's the park fishing? The park is probably at its peak right now. I mean, it's, the water flows are still high enough that it's, you know, the water's staying cool and the fish you know feel comfortable they're not spooky yet when it gets down to the fall and you got 20 cfs like right now the big thompson in the park is at 60 cfs which is you know perfect flow um so yeah things are fishing great the high mountain lakes you got ton, you know everything is of course iced off by now has been fishing great i've been to uh, lawn lake and crystal and thunder already and they all fished wonderful and i'm sure the rest of them are as well well, you know what surprised me? I did a television show with Kirk. In fact, it's on my YouTube channel, folks, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. I've done several with Kirk, a few in the park and a few out of the park. But we did one where we went up to one of those high mountain lakes, alpine lakes. And I fished the park quite a bit, but I hadn't fished some of these higher lakes. And I was amazed by the size of the trout in those pond, those lakes. Yeah, I mean, every lake's a little different, um, but... You know, they all hold, you know, fish that are, I'm not going to say 20, but are getting close to it, you know, high 18s, 19s, and I'm sure there are some 20-inchers here and there. Um, and some of the more obscure lakes are the ones that typically hold some of the bigger fish. Yeah, it, it the park is just fantastic. You know, I've fished it just from the drive-up access in a car. I fished it with long hikes back, back in, llamas. Uh, it just offers everybody some type of an opportunity. And you guys are such a great resource because you've been guiding it for years that all people need to do is stop by and ask this on the way to the park, and you guys will share information and maybe sell them a couple flies that'll do the job up there. On the flip side of that, Kirk and I fished the park one time in the Roaring River where we were using... Um, a zero weight rod with a great big Chernobyl ant, and we probably weren't casting any more than ten feet from the end of the rod. <laughs> nope. <laughs> when you're fishing those small streams, you don't need to cast very far. No. Hey, what, uh, how about some of the other stuff you guys do? You guys also do some stuff on the Colorado River, both the Upper Colorado and some floats. What's going on over there? Yeah. So out of our Grand Lake shop, we do. Um, you know, just day walk and wade trips on the upper Colorado and all those drainages over there near Grand Lake. And that's been fishing really good. They, you know, fortunately had some good snowpack this year. So the river's up a little bit more, which has been great because last year was, you know, kind of drought the last couple of years. Um, the lower Colorado, meaning, you know, down where we do the float trips below Kremlin and whatnot, we have a little bit more, um, you know, that's where the temperature problems have been happening. And that's just because, you know, they're holding on to some of that extra water in some of those reservoirs. And so, you know, the afternoons, if you're going to fish down there in the lower part, 
do do a morning trip. You know, get out there early before that water heats up. Yeah, because I was saying just before you came on that, you know, once the water gets above 60 degrees, the trout, it's not that you can't catch them. It's very difficult to release them and have them survive when it gets that warm. And we've had extremely hot, hot weather. Uh, it's just been, it's just something you need to keep in mind. So yeah. if you were heading out, if you're heading out, you live in Estes, you got, you've got the St. Borain, you've got the over the park, you've got the big Thompson, you're heading out the next couple of days to go fishing. Where are you going? So wild basin has just getting wild basin is, is the North St. Brain through the park. And of course it goes down through lions. Um, that upper part is really has a steep gradient and it has just come down to where it's become fishable. That's where I'd be going. It's, you know, the fishing is going to be excellent over there. Um, some of the other, you know, places that are really good are Glacier Creek and, um, you know, the Moraine, but you need to have the Bear Lake Reservation for the park to get that, to those two. So if you haven't got a reservation early and you just have one for the park in general, the North St. Range is your spot. All right, my friend. Now tell people how they find you. Now you do guided trips in almost all these places we've talked about. Of course. So as, far as, as far as getting into the park, you also can get somebody into the park for fishing because you're a guide, right? That is correct. So, yeah, our outfitter's license allows us access to the park at any time. So, yeah, if you book a fly fishing trip with us or even a guided hike with us, um, yeah, that's all included. All right. So how do they find you? Our phone number is 970-577-0790, and our website is kirksflyshop.com. Or drive through Estes, and when you see the Dairy Queen, stop and go to the fly shop next door. There you go. We're right in downtown Estes Park. All right. Thank you, Darren. Thank you. All right. Darren Christians from Kirk's Fly Shop. Lots of videos from Kirk's Fly Shop, me fishing with them, on our web, our, our uh, YouTube channel, The Best Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. We'll take a quick time out, and we come back. We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to take you to another part of the state all the way across the western part and some fishing that's going on over there on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. I want to give another shout out to Jack's in Loveland for hosting our 25th uh, years of t- 25 years of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors event last week. They did a great job of having us there, a tremendous partner, and thank you all for taking place. Keep uh, keep frequenting Jacks. That's the kind of thing that keeps this program on the air. Let's go to the phones. Joining us from Ridgeway State Park is Derek McLaughlin. Good morning, Derek. Good morning, Terry. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's going to be a little warm here today. Uh, yeah. But it's going to cool off a little bit tomorrow, and then we get some more 90s than warm. But it's been a warm, warm summer. What's it like down in your part of the world? You know, it's been pretty warm down here as well. Um, we're sitting right around 7,600 feet, uh, so it's that mountain weather. Um, I'm looking over there at work right now, and it looks like we're going to have some probably some afternoon showers. But it's been warm in the mornings and the afternoon, and then we've typically been seeing afternoon showers. Why don't you tell people really where Ridgeway is located and kind of describe the park to them? Yeah, so Ridgeway is located in the southwest area of Colorado. Um, I would say we're probably about 
an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes southeast of Grand Junction on the way to Telluride. Um, it's off Highway 550. And, uh, yeah, the park is a pretty big park. Uh, we have a fairly big reservoir over there. Um, we get a lot of boaters that come out and um, anywhere from wake surfing to skiing and uh, lots of fishing and lots of camping. You know, it's a shame that it's in such an ugly part of the state that you got nothing to look at when you stay there. Yeah, no, there's absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, it, that, all kidding aside, you know, you're you're not very far from Ure, which is considered the Switzerland of the Rockies. You have absolutely. views of a couple of different mountain ranges. The view is spectacular there, isn't it? It is. It is extremely uh, spectacular. We have the San Juan Mountain Range, and then we have uh, Mount Snapples right there. It's not too far. Uh, from the park. Yeah, it has to be one of the most beautiful areas in the, in the state. You mentioned camping. How many campsites and how available are they? You know, we have right around 300. I believe the exact number is, I think, 295. Um, and then we have been slammed this year. Um, a lot of parks have been slammed, but uh, we're staying completely full every single weekend and a lot of the times throughout the uh, weekday. But um, it's accessible. Um, you know, you got to go on to CPW Shop or Reserve America, and you can you can book your site through there if we have anything available. And all the parks uh, camping now are on those reservation sites. That's been a pretty good system because you can you'll know you have a campsite before you head out, and if you get somewhere and you see an open site, you can even check online and see if it's available and, and reserve it on your phone if you have service. So uh, both online and by a phone call. So that's pretty good service. Uh, you, you talked about all the boating that's available at the park, but let's talk about some of the fishing. You know, you Ridgeway Reservoir is famous for its brown trout, but you have a variety of fishing there. Tell us about it. Yeah, so it is famous for a brown trout. Um, we haven't been seeing too many brown trout caught right now. Uh, the ones that are being caught are pretty deep. Um, and then the the reservoir, we have a lot of stock of trout in it right now. That's uh, mostly what we're seeing caught along with our um, smallmouth bass. Now, with the smallmouth bass, we do have a tournament going on, which is open to the public as long as you have a fishing license. This started July 16th, and it ends September 3rd. And so the prize for this is with the most fish through that, throughout that time frame is $3,000. The second most is $1,500, and the third most is $500. Now, keep in mind, we went ahead and tagged 25 of the smallmouth bass, and there's a potential of a total of prize winnings with that for $10,000, one fish being tagged worth $5,000, which is awesome, two fish at $1,000, two fish at $500, and 20 at $100. So there is there is plenty of opportunity to uh, catch these smallmouth bass. We're seeing a lot of them being caught over near the dam, um, anywhere between 10 to 40 foot of water, and they're catching them on jigs um, and basically any kind of lure. They, uh, they like to attack kind of anything. Um, we do have uh, perch as well. Um, I haven't seen too many of those caught this year. Um, and alongside of that, we are starting to see some of the kokanee salmon be caught. Um, the fishermen that we talked to, they didn't want to give too much information, but they were catching them anywhere between 40 and 80 feet. 
And is, are they pretty good-sized kokanee that come out of Ridgeway? No, they're not. They're actually pretty small. Um, but, you know, if you're catching them these, this time of the year, they're going to have that awesome uh, colored meat inside of them compared to in the fall when they start running and they die off. Oh. So now's your chance yeah, to them. And they're such good table fare right now and so much fun. You catch them on a trolling bite, and usually it's good, steady action. I want to make a couple comments. One, the smallmouth tournament, is there a, a website people can go to get more information? Uh, so, yeah, it should be on our website um, on cpw.com. If you look for Ridgeway State Park, our information should be on there. Um, otherwise, you can call our park, and that phone number is 970-626-5822, and uh, we can give you some information. And the reason you're doing this is kind of almost you're, you're being forced to, but it's the right thing to do. And that's the fact that because of endangered species, smallmouth can be quite predatory when they get into a river system where some other fish aren't. Um, so there's a couple lakes over in or a couple reservoirs over on the West Slope where they're doing different means. And this gives the anglers a chance to help you manage and mitigate the smallmouth and meet the requirements, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the biggest thing is they were introduced illegally, and uh, we just want to keep them out of the Uncompagre River. That's an amazing fisheries, and we want to keep it that way since they are predatorial fish. How is the river itself fishing? You know, the the fishing has been actually pretty good this week. Um, a lot of guys are catching some uh, some big fish, and I've only heard of maybe one or two rainbows being caught. I'm sorry, not rainbows, but brown trout being caught, but the rainbows, the big rainbows are still being caught in the deeper pools. Um, we are seeing about 252 CFS of water flow, and uh, we're only getting 144 into the reservoir. Now, we are going to start seeing that reservoir drop down, and we're going to let a little bit more water out because the water users are asking for more water. So I don't know how much that's going to stir up uh, that river or what's going to happen, but that is starting to happen. Just real quick, do you know what the biggest brown to come out of Ridgeway is? Oh, I do not know that. But if anybody that's interested, if they stop by the front office, we do have some fish that are mounted that have been caught, and they are really big. Um, and then we have kind of like a brag board uh, picture book that you can look through and see some of the monsters that have been caught throughout the years. Yeah, I'm not going to say this for sure, but I think it's like 25 or 30 pounds. It was huge. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it, right it, around there. That is true. It's just the there's some browns in Ridgeway that'll be the fish that's the best fish you ever caught in your life. Derek, thank you so much for sharing Ridgeway's activities with us. Hopefully, people will make the trek because it's so beautiful. You got great experience over there. It's really worth it. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Terry. You bet, Derek McLaughlin. Over Ridgeway is worth the trip folks it's beautiful you got a variety of fishing there's other things to do in the area of the mountains and it's just just driving by that park every time i see it it's just beautiful to look at we're going to take a time out and we come back we're going to take you to another state park this one has not only trout but some warm water species in it and we're going to tell you what's going on there and some of the other activities all that and more coming up on terry wickstrom outdoors on 104.3 the fan Listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear, locations up and down the Front Range. Let's go to the phones and join us from the rifle area. 
from State Parks is Hannah Grimes. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning. How's it going? It's going great, and you're in an area that um, really provides a lot of diverse recreation. Now, I, I said the Rifle area, but it's Rifle Gap State Park. Is it Rifle Gap State Park because Harvey Gap is there and Rifle Falls is also there? Do you manage them all under one umbrella? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we're one staff that manages all three state parks here. And are they separate parks or is it one? So they're all separate parks, um, but your day pass or your annual pass that you buy at each one gets you into all three. So, And they all are just a little bit different or with the falls quite a bit different. Um, tell people where they're located and just give a kind of a brief description. Yeah, so all of our parks are about 20 minutes, 25 minutes outside of Rifle off of Highway 325. Um, and Rifle Gap is right off of Highway 325, and it's that reservoir that you pass if you're going deeper into the mountains. And Harvey Gap is our day-use area, our day-use state park that's only used for um, daytime swim beach, and everything is included there. Um, and there's a reservoir there as well. And then the falls is just a little deeper into the canyon up there on 325. Uh, it's about four miles away from Rifle Gap and about 10 miles away from Harvey Gap. And we have beautiful waterfalls there and camping included both at Rifle Falls and Rifle Gap. You know, the the walk up, the hike up to the falls is just a tremendous, it, it's just a great experience and then to see those falls, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, our triple waterfalls are beautiful, so there's three different spurts coming out of it, and it's just gorgeous. It kind of takes you somewhere tropical for a day. And some of the the river coming out of the falls, I think, has pretty decent fly fishing in it, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, there is good, good fishing up there. It gets stocked with a lot of trout, usually brook trout, rainbow trout, cutthroat trout. Um, and the ponds up above the falls also have really good fishing. Now, um, you have a pro, some programs you do for the for rifle that are some interpretive programs, some fun things. We're going to get to those, but let's talk a little bit. We've had a lot of hot weather. How is that affecting the water levels at both Rifle and Harvey Gap? Yeah, so it's really been affecting our water levels, especially at Rifle Gap Reservoir. Um, it's the hot weather, weather combined with um, farmers needing to pull that water for irrigation. Um, and so Rifle Gap, we're down about 40 to 45 feet right now. Um, and that's really affected our water conditions, our boating and things like that. And at Harvey Gap, there's a little bit more water. We haven't seen it as much, like being affected as much, um, but it's still going down those water levels about three to four inches a day. And right now, are the boat ramps open? Are they usable? Yes, yeah, so both, both boat ramps are opened at both of the parks. At Rifle Gap, we're down the one side of the boat ramp, so only the right side is still concrete and still hitting the water. Um, so right now, it's boat at your own risk because there's only about 5 to 10 feet of ramp left. Um, so it's, it's iffy putting in a bigger trailer, um, so we recommend launching smaller boats um, off of that boat ramp. Um, and then that boat ramp will be planning to close on August 15th at the latest. Um, is what my park manager informed us. So boating has become a boat at your own risk occurrence at Rifle Gap. At Harvey Gap, it's way less um, dangerous. They still have a concrete boat ramp going all the way down. Both those lakes offer some great fishing. What species are available there? 
Yeah, so we have tons of species here. We have the normal trout species, the rainbow and brook and cutthroat trout. And then we have at Rifle Gap, we have northern pike. And then we have um, smallmouth bass has been really good, walleye, um, and some of those other species. And then Harvey has the same species. And then pike, smallmouth, uh, tiger muskie, and some perch. And I know it's a great destination for fishing. I know it's a great ice fishing destination, too, that people love to come there and go after the perch. But you've got a lot of great fishing. There's walleyes, like you said, pike and smallmouth. It's really good fishing. And while it's still available, I would say people need to get over there. But let's talk a little bit about your programs. Weekends, and I believe Friday, Saturday, and Sundays, you do some interpretive-type programs. Tell me about them. Yeah, yeah. So Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, I do programs that appeal to all audiences. So usually I have some night programs going on that are anything from stargazing with a telescope to doing a night hike to learn about nocturnal animals to doing like a sit-down program to talk about bats or owls or things like that. And some entertainment-based programs focusing on storytelling or things like that as well I do on both Friday and Saturday night. And then um, during the day, I usually do a program in the morning. So um, like this weekend, I'm going down to Riverstop in town and doing a program on skins and skulls down there. And then I usually have a table up at the falls um, to catch people coming by, um, focused on all kinds of things like leave no trace, um, wildlife, education, all of those sort of things. Bees and pollinators are popular now. Um, and so I do a table like that um, every Saturday and Sunday up at the falls for about three hours during the middle of the day. Um, so it's easy for pe- folks to just stop on by on their hike up to the falls. Um, and then I usually do a craft or a hike on Sunday mornings as well. And these are available not only to people that are staying or camping at the parks, but they're also available to just day use people and and there's really no other charge, just your parks pass to get in, right? Correct. Yeah, you just need a parks pass, and then you can come to any one of these programs. Um, they're posted usually on our, our Facebook and our Instagram, as well as all over the park in all of our bathrooms and things like that. And occasionally you do some right in town at Rifle, and you wouldn't even need a parks pass for those, would you? Yeah, correct. Yeah, occasionally. So like this weekend, today at 11 a.m., I'm heading down to Lion's Pond at um, Rifle at that Riverstop rest area and doing an hour-long program down there. And I do that every other weekend. So you'll see me down there every other Saturday doing different kinds of programs along the same education outreach lines. Do you have a schedule that's posted that people can go look at or information on these programs? Yeah, so they'll be posted. I usually post them on Facebook and Instagram every week, um, and they're up at our visitor center. So if you're ever unsure what programs are going on, you can give our visitor center a call, and they have the sheet right there for you. Um, And then they're posted all over our Facebook and Instagram every week, detailing the kinds of programs we have. Well, these kind of programs really enhance. You know, we've had so many more people going outdoors now in the last few years due to COVID, and a lot of them have kept going outdoors. Our parks are in use, but a lot of people are looking for activities while they're in the outdoors, and this not only teaches them about other activities, but gives them something to attend, a little interest area, something to have some fun, both adults and kids. And these programs really are, and really are beneficial, and they're a lot of fun. And if you're camping at the parks 
or if you're just going through it, it gives you a way to break up your day and have some fun. I want to thank you for uh, sharing about these with us, Hannah, and hopefully they continue and you get a lot of attendance and have a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) All right, thank you. That's Hannah Grimes. You know, our parks people... Uh, have been overwhelmed almost, and but yet they, they really have struggled to, and uh, I shouldn't say struggled, they really made an effort to make your stay at the parks fun and add interest. Um, we'll have some other parks on here in the next few weeks. We're going to talk about a, a chili cook-off coming out on the Northeast, and there's so many things going on, and it's just not hunting and fishing. We talk a lot of hunting and fishing on this show. But being outdoors, other activities, whether it's boating, you're going paddleboarding, going rock climbing, uh, you're going biking. We want everybody in the outdoors to get out and have fun and be aware of the resources that are available. And State Parks really provides a lot of those resources. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll switch up a little bit as Randy Ford joins us. And we're going to be talking about the fishing conditions at Dillon Reservoir and Green Mountain Reservoir and things that have changed over the last few years. And some of these changes are incredibly positive. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. When love's got you down in the world's crashing all around you can always count on me you're listening to Terry Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear that little tune you heard was off the current EP by Wickstrom and Dobert that tremendous recording group which I happen to be a member of which I'm proud of uh, if you want if you like our music it streams almost everywhere just search Wickstrom and Dobert but let's talk some fishing Let's go to the phones. And joining us from Alpine Fishing Adventures is Randy Ford. Good morning, Randy. Good morning, Terry. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And now you spend some time on a couple lakes that we probably don't devote a lot of time to on this show. And sometimes I think people don't understand them. One of them has always been a little bit of mystery to people and how to fish it. The other one has gone through some quite a few changes over the last several years. I want to talk about Dillon and I want to talk about Green Mountain Reservoir. Let's start with Dillon. What's going on at Dillon right now? What What's the status there and what are some of the uh, fishing opportunities? Well, uh, you know, we're in the midsummer routine there at Dillon. Uh, water capacity is not up to full, but kind of given the situation that we're in across the West, there's a good amount of water. I want to say it's probably 95 capacity don't quote me on that so um we got a lot of water the water's clear surface temps have have gone up to about 66 so when you're talking about um going after the brown trout and your cut bows and your char and stuff um you're going to have some fish that are a little bit spread out they're down in deeper water and they're kind of in a little bit of more of a docile state so um, targeting those fish right now is, is a little difficult. It can be done. Um, we're having some success out there with some of the deeper trolling techniques, uh, lead core, deeper dot, uh, excuse me, dipsy divers, snap weights, down rigging. That's always a good way to get out there and pick up some trout. But on our uh, charters, um, we're mostly focusing on the kokanee salmon. Um, Dylan is just absolutely chock full of 
uh, kokanee salmon. They're they're um, the smallest salmon you're probably going to find in the state. They we catch them anywhere between about eight and fourteen inches. Most of them are in that ten inch range, but um, it's a really fun. Uh, fishing opportunity when you can go out you get lots of bites you may have to weed through those eight to ten inches to get a couple of your 12 or 13 inch that are that are good to eat and it's just kind of neat that the salmon there in dillon are the only known um naturally reproducing uh kokanee salmon they haven't stocked dillon with, with salmon for uh i think over 40 years now and and we've got this robust population of them so it's pretty neat that is pretty neat. And by the way, I want to go back. You mentioned your charters, your guide trips. You do a lot out of pontoon boats, too. And you do a lot of family-oriented trips. So if you're bringing somebody up this time of the year, you want to catch a bunch of kokanee, or you'll go after the rainbows, too, right? You, you do a lot of that uh, for families, don't you? Yeah, that's our whole uh, specialty is um, our focus is on family-friendly fishing. We run the 22-foot tritunes. Um, and they're set up for, for fishing as well as um, there's room if, if say, a grandparents want to come or anybody else in the family wants to come and hang out and watch. And then, of course, they're really accommodating for the kiddos, um, nice and safe to, to get the kiddos out on the vessel. And, and um, we do kids 10 and under fish free. So um, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's really neat doing those trips sometimes. Uh, we're just focused on on doing what we need to. We'll we'll tight line for rainbow trout with with Berkeley Gulp if we have to to get the kiddos into some fish. It's not something you're typically going to find. Um, you're going to get into on guided trips, you know. Um, and then we do a lot of other stuff. And believe it or not, these these little salmon are are pretty um, fun for the kids. We, we vertical jig them. We're finding them in some of your shallower water out in the mud flats, and so you have these real aggressive fish in 20 feet of water and you just you get a kiddo with the cast master on there and let them bang it around down on the bottom and you know those aggressive salmon bites so it's kind of neat for them it's interactive they're doing something they're not just sitting and waiting for a bite so um no, a- you know it's kind of interesting how we can take these more advanced techniques and apply them and, and, and get the kiddos to to enjoy them uh, and i've always so. i've always admired I always admired that part of your operation, getting the kids out, because a lot of people would like to get their kids out and don't know how. So Alpine Fishing Adventures is great. Before we move on to Green Mountain, I do want to state, though, that as the water cools, um, you've got some unique fishing opportunities at Dillon. We won't spend too much time now, but towards fall, you've got some nice brown trout in there. And the, the char are a fish that I don't know that you can catch anywhere else in Colorado, so it's a really unique experience. Really just offer, uh, Dylan just offers some unique things, doesn't it? It does. And I'll tell you, once you get out on that lake, um, just the surroundings and the, the environment in the, in the feel of it up there is, is just amazing. And, and you can be down on the front range and it might be a hundred degrees and you can come up on the, up to Dylan and, and go fishing and it'll be 75 or 78 degrees. So, as I always say, there is uh, a lot more to fishing than the actual catching part. So just getting out on the lake, enjoying the cool weather and the beautiful views, sometimes in and of itself is, is a great trip. So Now, while we've still got time, I want to switch to Green Mountain a little bit. That's a lake you've done quite a, spent quite a bit of time on, and it's gone through some changes. What's going on at Green Mountain right now? So the outlook is, is good at Green Mountain. So... It had had a uh, overrun of gill lice, 
And as a uh, solution to, to take care of that problem, the CPW um, put a, uh, a pause on any stocking of kokanee salmon and rainbow trout. And they started that in 2015. So it ran its course. They gave it five years. Um, and they found that the gill lice dissipated and practically disappeared. So starting in 2020, they started restocking again. They put a bunch of kokanee salmon in in 2020 and then um, starting up with Snake River Cutthroat in uh, 21 and, and this summer. So the stocking program is picked back up. So naturally, that's going to that's gonna help those lakers out. The lake trout fishing is going to benefit from it. Pike fishing is going to benefit from it. And Green Mountain is just a lake that grows fish fast really well you stock the fish in the green mountain and it's gonna it's gonna get healthy so i'm really looking to see what uh forward to see what happens with these snake river cutthroats that's a fun opportunity um when they uh, uh pause the stocking of salmon and and um and rainbows it, it seemed that the brown trout started to sort of proliferate so there's really good opportunity right now at green mountain for brown trout and it's decent average size you know you can go out there and expect on your average to get into some 14 15 inch browns um, the pike are in there. They've they've really uh, tried to curb that population by with pound, bounty and, and trapping operations, pike removal operations. But even with that, um, there's 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 decent oppor- opportunity for for some pike out there. There's forty plus inch, you know, fifteen twenty pound pike in that lake. Um, of course, it's always been a great lake trout fishery with high numbers of lake trout. Um, lots of lots of uh, smaller lake trout. If you want to go in to get into a uh, bite on the smaller lake trout, and then it's also got some trophies, which they they took a beating. Um, you know, not having the salmon and, and rainbow stock, but uh, a lot of them did well. They they were able to adapt and eat suckers, and so um, the lake trout by no means even close to died off, and the trophies didn't die off either. You know, a lot of them you see the pictures, a lot of these big skinny skinny lakers out of Green Mountain, but now that they. Uh, now that they've picked back up with the stocking program, the body condition on those Lakers is improving, and, and it's just all around a, uh, a good outlook, not to mention the kokanee salmon out there. Um, there's guys already getting into the two- and three-year-olds, two-year-olds that they stocked in 2020, and then we're finding that there were some leftovers uh, that kind of hang out, that, that lasted after they, after they uh, stopped stocking it. So um, Green Mountain historically was always uh, one of the better kokanee salmon fisheries in the state, and, and it looks like we might be seeing that come coming back here, and it won't be too long, just a matter of uh, you know two or three years here where those stockers they put in at 2020 become mature and, and uh, start becoming catchable. That sounds great. It's great to see Green Mountain on a rebound because it's a great resource. And with the use of our resources right now and the people getting out, we need every resource, especially a lake and reservoir type resource we can. Randy, we're running out of time. If people wanted to book a trip with you or want more information, how do they get a hold of you? Well, you can hit the website at fishdillon.com. Um, that's all real self-explanatory. All the information you need will, will be on there. You can see all of our trip options. We run three-hour uh, family-friendly, real economical trips and four- and six-hour trips, so there's plenty of options. Or you just call, and you can call Cameron, our reservationist, and she'll get you all lined out at 303-885-6292. All right, my friend. You know, someday we're going to have to go fishing together. Well, I've I've been inviting you over the last few years, so I'm sure sooner or later the timing will work out and we'll get her done. 
I hope so. Thanks for joining us, Randy. Great information. You bet, Terry. Have a great day. Okay. Uh, before we take a break, somebody texted us that July has always been tough for shore fishing, uh, and they're in they're near Loveland. I tell you what, that's a pretty appropriate question because we got a couple guys coming up uh, in the next hour. Josh Sedevi from Tightline Outdoors. We're going to talk a lot of walleye and pike. We're going to touch on shore fishing a little bit, but then right after that, Austin Parr is going to join us. We're not only going to talk about uh, fishing around the state, we're going to spend some time on ponds and lakes from the shore and what we can do to help you catch those in this hotter weather. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan.